Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast, episode number five. I'm Andrew and I am the son and uh, I'm here with my father, Martin. How you doing, Dad? I am doing great. Uh, it's snowed here in North Carolina. It's very oh, beautiful outside. That's awesome. And you have that beautiful, huge window in there so you can see all the snow on the, yeah. on the front lawn. That's awesome. So to do a little review, last week um, we went through Abraham and we first started with Genesis 1 through 11, and that was kind of setting the framework for the world that Abraham was living in. And we said it was created, fallen, judged, and divided. And then from our story last week, um, Abraham walked by faith and lived in the promised land. And today we get to talk about Moses. Yes. Get us started on episode number five. Oh, I am so excited about this, Andrew. Um, I cannot tell you how many people I've met who said they stopped reading through the Bible when they came to the books of Moses. And um, today I want to explain what this, you know, section is about. But I also want to prepare you for how to get through this section when you read it because when you understand why it's here it makes a lot more sense and it will be a lot more fun to read so this is going to be good stuff today love it andrew awesome. yeah. i want to start with a question for you are you ready questions are good let's hear it okay so uh what laws or rules do you remember from the McCorkle household? Oh man, there's a there's a few that stick out. I remember, um, I think it was up until even like middle school, we had to be in our beds at seven fifty five at night, and we had to be ready for bed. Then um, had to go to church with you guys each Sunday. <laughs> Um, had to shower, which was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> Terribly unreasonable. Yeah, very unreasonable. Oh, and then at the dinner table, we were very health conscious back in the day. Oh, no. um, we had to have a banana and milk at each dinner. So those are some of the ones that stick out to me. But one thing that did stick out to me as well is that you guys didn't have a lot of rules, but mm -hmm. you guys were not very strict. And what happened was you guys kind of gave us freedom to make mistakes. And then you were still there and showed us grace when we um, made those mistakes. So that was huge. And that's, that's what stuck out to me about the McCorkle household. Wow. That's a great answer. You know, uh, I don't remember the banana and milk thing. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That must have been mom's contribution. Yes, it oh, was. That's awesome. So good. And a lot of what you said about um, not having a lot of laws uh, and grace will come back to further on in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to get about to one thing in particular about these books. Now, to get into this, I want to go back to Sheldon. Sheldon is the guy we created when we were talking through Genesis 1 through 11, 
who has questions and he just has issues. Mm-hmm. And we described Sheldon as meeting Jesus before the flood and Jesus saying to him, Sheldon, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. And Sheldon, of course, would not know what that meant. And then Sheldon could have said, I don't even see why you're even here. I mean, you just need to restart the world and it would be fine. And then, of course, the flood showed that that wouldn't help because the problem is not restarting, it's us. Now, Sheldon could also say, you know, we don't need to be forgiven. We, we could be good people if we just have the right laws. Mm-hmm. If you just tell us what to do, we can do it. You don't need to die on a cross for us. We can be good people. Now, a whole lot of people believe this. That the way to God is you just need to be good enough. What this text of scripture is to show us is it is impossible to be good enough. We cannot keep God's law. And God's just going to keep piling law after law after law on us. And instead of saying we want to do this, we're going to obey, it might have been a good idea to cry out, is there another way? Mm. Because the law is just going to keep coming and coming and coming. Now, interestingly, and I'm fascinated by this, The Old Testament prophets longed for a new covenant. Andrew, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. If I said, Andrew, you know, I need a new job. My, uh, the job I have really doesn't fit who I am and it doesn't give me any joy at all. I want a new job. What would you assume about my old one? That you don't like your job (laughs) and that you're looking for something else. That's right. That you're looking for something else. So when the prophets cried out for a new covenant, they were saying that this covenant we're in is not really working because it's not changing us. It's just making demands. Yeah. Now, Hebrews, which is one of the most canonical books in the Bible, picks this up. And I want you to read or want you to just listen. I'm in Hebrews chapter 8, roundabout verse 8. And, and God is saying, just listen to this. This is Old Testament now that they're quoting in Hebrews. But the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. Right? That's the law. Mm -hmm. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them. That they couldn't do it. 
declares the Lord. Then the Bible goes on. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. And I will write them on their minds. I will be their God. In other words, I'm going to make a new deal where I change them. Mm, so good. Now, yes. In another text, and I love this, God says, I'm going to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. We need that covenant. And if we're really going to appreciate the new covenant, we have to understand the old one. And that's where we're going to find go today. So last week we talked about the contrast in the first five books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Abraham lived by faith and walked in the promised land. So faith is a good thing. Today we learned that Moses lived by law and died outside of it. Now, my dad, we rarely talked about faith, which I'm delighted to do this with you because this is fun. I like this. My dad didn't talk to me much about his faith. Yeah. But once he did, and I was driving to school. I remember. Well, I wasn't driving. He was driving. It was in the car. They had cars. And my father. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Actually, was it a horse-drawn carriage? <laughs> my father asked me, Martin, how many religions are there? And I'll tell you what I answered because I got it wrong. But what would you answer? Um. Uh... How many religions are there? Probably hundreds. Yeah, you you did what I did. So I thought about it for a while, and I took a stab at the major religions, and I said six. You know, Christianity, Buddhism, just figured it was about that many. Mm -hmm. Your act is actually much better. You're much more thoughtful about all the varieties here. Yeah. But then my father looked at me and he said, no, 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 no. There are two. Mm. You either approach God by faith or you approach God by merit. Mm. That's all. Because every other religion in the world gives you something you have to do. Yeah. You know, you have to climb this mountain and be alone. You have to pray. You have to give. You have to be kind. You have you have to wear this stuff. You have to eat this stuff. Yeah. You have to perform these rituals, blah, blah, blah. It's stuff you have to do. And only biblical Christianity sticks out like a beautiful sore thumb mm -hmm. and says, forget all that. You can't do that. For a perfect God, all you can do is believe. Mm, that's good. Believe, isn't that? I'll never forget that. It's a beautiful thing. Now, at the end of Genesis, Jacob and his 12 sons, their wives, their extended family, everybody heads to Egypt. They leave the promised land. Once they get to Egypt, they start to increase in population the pharaoh gets uneasy about this and 
you know, begins to enslave them. There's finally so many of them, he starts to kill their babies. This is not a good thing. And a family has a very special child named Moses. And they don't want him killed. So they put him in a basket in a small ship, like an ark. And they set that child on the water. Did you see the theme there? I love that. Yeah. The ship is saving people through water. Mm. And then Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh's daughter finds him and they wind up keeping him. And Moses grows up and is an Egyptian. Finally, Moses decides, I'm going to save my people. He tries to save them by killing an Egyptian. It doesn't work. He leaves. Finally, when he's very old, God comes to him at the burning bush and says, I want you to save your people. And I'm going to do it through miracles. And that's exactly what happens. Through 10 astonishing, powerful miracles, God delivers the people out of Egypt through the Red Sea and brings them to Mount Sinai. And there, God gives law. Uh, Andrew, did you ever um, see The Prince of Egypt, the Disney film about Moses? Uh, I actually did not. I'm not a big movie guy. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> that's weird. I thought you had, but, you know, it's like bananas and milk, I guess. That's just how it is. Yeah. But, uh all things considered, I mean, it was a Disney thing. What can you expect? Sure. I thought Prince of Egypt wasn't bad until they got to Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And they show Moses coming off the mountain. His hair is flowing in the wind. And all the people are waiting for him. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what happened. Moses goes up the mountain to get God's law. And he comes down the mountain. And Joshua actually says to him, what do I hear? It sounds like a war. Mm. And Moses says, no, 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 no. It's not that. People are singing. They're partying. Now, what is so fascinating and ironic is before the Ten Commandments even get off the mountain, they're disobeying them. Yeah. Now listen to, I'm going to pick up at Exodus 32, 19. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, they created a, a false god, a calf. His anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Before it even got off the mountain, they broke it. This is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and he took the calf they had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it into powder, scattered it in the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Andrew, do you want to be here? I do. No, 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 no. Do you want to be at that scene 
It would be incredible to see. But I mean, do you want to drink water with gold dust in it? No. Do you want to be part of a crowd that's worshiping a false god? I do not. And then later on, you know, Moses says, who's with me? And the Levites come and they go through the camp and just kill people for their sin. Yeah. Mm. Do you want that? No. No, I do not. No, you no. You look at this and you're like, I mean, I see God's holiness. I see God's zeal, but I'm not drawn to this. Yeah. I'm not drawn to it. And this is the hint about why people want to stop reading. Because you see, whenever God's people break the law, starting now, God just gives them more law. And then they break those laws and they give more law. And then they break more laws and give more law. And every time this happens, the people say, we will do everything the Lord's commands. But they don't. Yeah. And so they get more and more law. And it's not working. And in between all this law, there's little bits of story to tell us what's going on. And none of it is fun. And I want to take you to Numbers 11, which is the most amazing chapter. So the people are complaining about all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if we only had meat to eat, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never have anything but this manna. You know, it's not enough that God feeds them miraculously. They don't like how it tastes. Mm -hmm. They're bored. Yeah. Okay. So what does God do? He says, okay, you want something? You want meat? I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you quail. I'm going to give you so much quail, it's going to make you sick. <laughs> Verse 31. Now a wind went up from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It brought them down around the camp about three feet above the ground, as far as a day's walk in any direction. All that day and night, the people gathered and, and ate quail. No one gathered less than 10 homers. Then they spread them out all over the camp. But listen, while the meat was still between their teeth and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. Now, this is a metaphor. You think law can save you? You think you can obey me? You think you can be perfect? Well, here it is. I'm going to give you more law, more law, more law, more law until you puke on it. <laughs> you see what he's doing? Yeah. And God, God is amazing because he often does this. He gives us what we want. Yeah. Do you want law? 
here it is. Think of the prodigal son. Hey, I want to go, dad. I want to party. Give me my money now. What does the prodigal's father do? He gives it to him. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I think a lot of people struggle with this. They like cry out to God for something, they get it, and they're still unsatisfied. And I've been there in my life, and I'm just like, I want this, and then I get it. Like, wait, I want more. I want, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I want a car. I want an apartment. I want this, that, and the other. But it just never satisfies. So it's just, (laughs) you know, we're still falling. We're still broken from no different than hearing numbers. Yes. And, and God's beautiful grace is that every time this happens, you just know more and more that it is God you want. That we need to know God. We need to be with God. There's nothing else that is going to satisfy. It's an excellent point. And, and it's just, what's awesome to think about is that, you know, he's so patient that um, he's never going to give up even when you're just asking for stuff you don't want and you're going different directions. And that's, you know, ties back to grace and truth. Like God just has so much grace for us. And, you know, we're, we're always continually sinning and failing and falling short of the glory of God, but he's just so patient with us. And I just, I just love love that gift of grace that he's given us and that he doesn't give it sparingly. He just continues to give it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's great. Ah, that's so good, Andrew. Wonderful to hear you say that. Uh, Now I want to make a very important distinction here. It is not that law is bad. I mean, the laws that you find here are good laws. These are good things. The point is, we're bad. Mm -hmm. We can't keep it. And the law just keeps showing us the more precise the law is, the more we screw it up. As a matter of fact, Paul says, and this is fascinating, God gave the law to make sin increase because we could see where the lines were at. Like, you know, Paul said, I didn't know what it meant to covet until God said, do not covet. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I covet all the time. I just didn't know the word for it. I didn't know what it was, but now I do. Andrew. Yes. When you're walking by a house, Mm-hmm. And the owner has a sign that says, do not walk on the grass. What do you want to do? Walk on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, we laugh about that. But when you think about it, it's so twisted. Yeah. It's so ugly. Yeah. The sin in us likes to sin. It likes to, to break laws. And that just shows us how broken we really are. And and there's so many different examples of that 
when I see 45 miles an hour, I want to go 55. Or, you know, when um, at Halloween, when they have those signs out, just take one piece of candy. You were going to take one until you saw the sign, and then you're like, okay, maybe I could take three or four. That's right. That's right. So, and so the law makes the trespass increase. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's worse. And that is what happened to Israel. I mean, the one that really bugs me is the laws about when you have a sassy kid. See if you like this, Andrew. Mm-hmm. So, God's law was if your kids sash you, you can stone them. Wow. And that's completely reasonable. If you were to sass me, you're not honoring me, that you're breaking the law. So guess what, Andrew? I mean, if we would have been living back then, if you would have sassed me, I could have walked you outside and said, Andrew, just sass me. We could have picked up stone and killed you. I mean, who wants to live that way? Yeah. Who wants that? Yeah. And there's a guy, a guy out collecting wood on the Sabbath. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but because he's collecting wood on the Sabbath and you're not supposed to, they stone him. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. So and here is why so many Christians stop reading. Is because they think they're supposed to like that. They're thinking, I should like this. I'm a Christian. I should do what God wants me to do. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want this. You have to see these books are a negative example. God showing us what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to live with us by law. Do you get that? I get that. And thank goodness for that. <laughs> I heard it this way, and I wish I had said this, but I I didn't. So I got to you know, be truthful about that. I love this saying. Are you ready? Here we go. Andrew, what do you get out of Leviticus? Uh, a nap. <laughs> now, the answer is, ask me that question. Martin, what do you get out of Leviticus? Ask me that. Dad, what do you get out of Leviticus? Andrew, you should get out of Leviticus as soon as you can. Yeah. (laughs) Now, guys, brothers and sisters, as you read the Bible and come to this section, speed read through the law. Don't mind the details. Just get through it. You don't need to read every word. You don't need to read the details because the whole point is it's not possible to obey it all. Once you have that, you don't need to go any further. Just get out as soon as you can. Read fast. Now, when you're going through Leviticus and Numbers and the story comes back, All of a sudden, when there are characters and people interaction, stop, slow down, and read. That's good stuff. Don't spend a lot of time on the detail of this law. Just get through it fast. Speed read. Does that help? That helps. That's good. 
Now, I got one more for you, and this is kind of fun. So let's think about the story of the Bible. You know, it's happening really fast through Abraham. And there's Genesis 1 through 11. There's Abraham. He has kids. Things are moving along. They go to Egypt. It's bad. God saves them. And then Mount Sinai hits. And it's just like the brakes just get slammed on the story. Yeah. Genesis begins with God's people outside the promised land. And you go through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And you come into Deuteronomy. And where are God's people? They're still outside the promised land. Yeah. Story does not move. Isn't that fascinating? That is very fascinating. Wow. It just stops with law. Yeah. Law just stops it. And think about this. There's so much you can get from thinking this way. Regulation stops things. Think about building a house and all of a sudden, oh, I got to have this checked and this checked. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to follow all these rules. Yeah. Some of which are good, some of which aren't. But when you begin to have law and regulation, it just gums everything up. If you go back to Genesis, think about the very beginning. Did God give Adam and Eve a lot of law? No, just one law. <laughs> and what I love this too, when Jesus is interpreting the Old Testament, what is the Old Testament about? He said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Every commandment hangs on these two. Isn't that great? Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. I love that. But I don't want the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. And you should. The story doesn't move. We can't be saved. Are we tracking? We are tracking, and man, that's 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 great. <laughs> and thank now I got one more thing for you. Let's hear it. I know this is kind of hard to understand, so I I wanted to tell a story to give people an idea of what this means, and I call the story basically um I don't know what you call it. You can call it the lame man story. Mm -hmm. Okay. For a story, Andrew. Let's hear it. Story time. So our story takes place in the garden after the fall. And I want you to imagine Adam as a powerless man. He can't do anything. And he's just laying on the ground behind a bush. Okay? Mm -hmm. God comes to him. Where are you, Adam? I'm right here. Adam, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Everything is great. Mm, I see. Uh, you know, it, it seems to me that uh, there's a problem. 
no, there's no problem. I'm great. There's nothing wrong. Adam, I made you. I know what you could do. I know who you once were. And I think there's a problem. I, I couldn't help you if you wanted me to. I don't want your help. I'm fine. Everything about me is fine. I, I don't need your help. But Adam, you, you can't walk. You can't lift your arms and praise to me. You can't shovel. You can't plant or sow. Oh, yes, I can. You bet I can. There's nothing I can't do. I can do anything I want. But Adam, that's not true. You and I know this. Yeah, you, you can't do these things. You're not who you once were. Now, listen, I'm getting kind of tired of this. You keep telling me that, and it's not true. I can do anything I want. I can make the world the way I want. But Adam, it's not right. You can be cured. I can heal you. Well, I don't want you to heal me. I'm fine the way I am. Adam, you're telling me you're fine. Is that correct? Yes. You're telling me you can do everything I wanted you to do. Yes, and everything I want to do too. And I'm getting kind of tired of you telling me I can't do stuff. So just, just go your way. I'll go mine. But Adam, I can stop that. I can do anything. Just, just back off. Adam, if you can do anything, stand up. Stand up. Well, I'm standing up in my mind. It's real. I'm standing up. Well, then, Adam, lift up your arms to me. Lift your arms. Well, I'm lifting my arms. No, you're not. Walk to me. Come to me. Come out from behind those branches. Show yourself to me. I can't. I can't do this stuff. I can't. Adam, I can come to you. Mm. Now, what I want you to see is that when I say stand up, that is a law. Yeah. Get that? Just like honor your father and mother, only worship me, never lie, stand up. It's an imperative. And when God makes those demands, it shows us we can't do them. Hmm. They break us, Andrew. They, they break us until we say, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah. For God to come to me and do what I can't do. Wow, what a powerful story. 
I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to re-listen to that one. That was great. <laughs> I'm glad you like that. I I struggled for years to try to um explain to people what these books are about, and that's the best I could do. So oh, that was helpful. I love that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, it's a lot of people learn from stories rather than just like I know for myself, I learn a lot better when I hear a story and broken down that way as opposed to just reading things for myself. So that was great. I love that. Thank you. And that's all I have for today. Andrew, Sweet. we are the Green Truth Podcast. Do you have a word of grace? I do. So in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 2, it says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded to the Lord to take it away. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And what I what I take away from that is a lot of times I pray for God to take my weaknesses away or to take the thorn away, um, whether that's things from my past or things I'm currently struggling with. But those thorns in my flesh are a great reminder of the grace God has given to me and helped me keep help myself be near to the Lord. So that's my word of grace for today. Word. And you know, mine is actually very similar. It's um, Christian, you can't be perfect. Can't. And that's okay because God forgives. Um, it is a joyful day when you get off the treadmill of trying to please God by your works. It is the freest, most wonderful thing in the world. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Get up in the morning, seek to love God, treat people well, love everybody the best you can. And God's grace is sufficient to make up for what is lacking. That's it for today, Andrew. That's awesome. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast. You can find us at facebook.com backslash FSGT podcast. Go drop us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the episode and tune in next week. We kind of want to look right at the camera. Or lean into it like this? Not really. Like, I'm still sitting okay, back. So just look make sure camera. your eye right. contact. Two, one. Hi, guys. And uh, we just want to take a second to tell you about what we like about using Anchor for our podcast. Yeah. Andrew. Anchor is awesome because it automatically posts each episode to 
Uh, seven different platforms for us right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and it's a great way to for them to distribute the podcast for us. Um, very easy to use, very intuitive. You could share all your episodes straight to social media with them, so Anchor is great for distribution. Yes, and I like Anchor because I prepare our podcasts. It's very easy to use. No special training is necessary. Guys, if you've ever wanted to try a podcast, give Anchor a try. Oh. All right. Three, two, one. Hi, everybody. This is Martin and Andrew. And we just want to take a quick second to tell you what we like about using Anchor for our podcast. Anchor is great for distribution, so you can schedule each of your episodes, and whenever it releases, it automatically goes to different platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, so it's great, a free tool to use that it distributes to all the platforms for you. Yes, and I like Anchor because I do prepare our podcasts, and it's easy to edit, there's no special training needed, and it's all free. So, guys, if you've thought about trying a podcast, give Anchor a try. That's recording. Let me start. All right, right when I hit record, we're going to go. Okay, time ready. Three, two, one. This computer. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast. Yeah, so we weren't able to do figure out the Facebook Live, so we're going to do a Zoom call. Uh, it's recording, and we'll release it at 4 o'clock on Facebook. So um, we really wanted to recap Season 1. Um, we went through three amazing series. Um, get us started, Dad. You know, uh, I'm kind of amazed we're sitting here, Andrew. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was... That was a fun and adventurous time. Yeah. So uh, our vision for episode, or excuse me, season one, was to lay a foundation. Yep. We wanted to just get a little out there about who we are and about our approach. Yep. And it's important because everything we're going to talk about now is built on that foundation. Yeah. So for today... We're going to briefly review that foundation, add a couple of other bricks to it as a sort of a launch pad to yeah. season two. Yeah. How does that sound? That sounds great. Um, season one was a lot of fun. I really I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, that's good. Let's start right there. Yeah. What did you particularly like about season one? I enjoyed the progress, so I enjoyed when we first started, we had some audio mix-ups and we were still trying to figure out how to do the podcast together because we've never done one before and uh, I just enjoyed the progress that we made. We figured out how to record, we figured out different segments we can release throughout the week, Um, we built our social media presence and um, we really laid the foundation not just for what we believe but also laid a foundation of like, hey, this is our podcast and this is kind of how we're going to run it. So I just, I just enjoyed the progress. And, you know, over the last month, 
we've seen a huge increase in our analytics and um, that's just rewarding to see. It's just like in business. It's not until you start making money till you're really validated as a business, you know, and, you know, I feel that about the podcast. So we have some great legacy content for people to look back at, too, so. That's an excellent answer. Yeah, how about and, uh, you? <laughs> oh, me? Okay. Uh, you know, Andrew, the thing I like most is doing this with you. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I really only did this because you asked me to do it um but i am very gratified by how many people are joining us yep that that has been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. but just being able to to interact with you you know we have to we have to talk on the phone here and there (laughs) schedule things and uh you know, I'm always not real good at keeping in touch, and I don't answer my phone. You know that. Yep. <laughs> so uh, so the, <laughs> this is a good way um, for us to keep together, and I do enjoy doing that very much. Yeah, no, I agree. That's That's been a great, great kind of thing that I didn't even expect to happen, but has happened because yeah. of it. So yeah. it's awesome. That's good. <laughs> good. Well, let's jump into the first, the first of our series in mm-hmm. Season 1. And that was understanding the Bible. Yep. And in that foundational series, we talked about that the Bible is a book. Yep. The Bible is a normal book. Yep. And the Bible is a singularly unique book. Yep. Meaning that uh, its author is God. Yep. And uh, not a mere mortal. Is there anything in particular that you remember or learned in that series? Yeah, I think... For myself and a lot of others, the biggest thing was the Curious George reference, um, where you talked about um, it's the books are meant to be read, not torn apart. And, you know, a lot of times at Christians, we just want to dissect the book and this and that and the other and like tear it up and kind of go with it. But, you know, it's it's a story uh, beginning, middle and end. We talked about that in uh that that the curious george of uh not tearing apart and just reading it and uh the other thing that stuck out is that um just like all other books were were built to understand it we don't have to have a theology uh, we don't have to have read the bible a hundred times to understand it we could read it for the first time and understand because it was created that way for us those are great things to remember. Yeah. Good job, man. <laughs> how, how about let's, you? What stuck out most to you? Well, let's hear it for Curious George. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's such a wonderful thing to remember. Yep. Um, I think it's just magnificent the um, how the Bible fits together. I don't know any other way to describe it, but... yeah. You know, every time I go through it and think about it again, I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah. It's just not possible without God. Yeah. And and I see that more as I get older, and now I just just thoroughly enjoy that because yeah. for me and for my faith, the existence of the Bible is a daily miracle proving to me that God exists. Yeah. Um, and he has a plan that is encompassing generations centuries yep. and we're right on schedule which yeah. uh, is a blessing 
It's an amazing so, thing to think about. <laughs> it is. So let me add one other brick to this piece that I think is particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. So the Bible's a book, a normal book, and a singularly unique book. Yep. Um, now I want you to think of it this way too. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a painting, not a window. Explain that. Imagine you have a painting in your house, mm-hmm. large painting, maybe you know a mountain scene with a with a cabin and deer and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a naval battle scene. Yep. But that painting is one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not fourteen paintings. Yeah. It's one painting. You can take that painting lift it up, take it to a different house, and put it up. And that painting is the same painting. Mm, That's good. Likewise, you can take the story of the Bible because it's complete and whole. Mm -hmm. You can pick up that Bible, go to any other country, any other culture, and it will be the same. Yep. Because it has all of its meaning self-contained. Yep. The Bible is not a window. Yeah. You'll often hear people spend more time saying that we need to read the Bible to understand what happened in history. Mm. In other words, you look through the Bible to get to history. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible to them is a window mm. that you look through yeah. to get to what's really happening. Yeah. Now, of course, the problem is that if you pick up that window, move it to another house, yep. put it in the wall, is it the same? No, it's, it's different. You can get a no, different no, picture. No. That's right. Mm. And this is so important because the Bible is not one of the many witnesses to particular events. Yeah. The Bible itself is the message and the meaning. Mm, that's a good. Painting, that's not good. a window. Yeah, I like that. I love I, that. <laughs> that helps me a lot. Mm. So that season, that's the first thing we did. Yeah. Um, and then we took our 10-week journey. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. We went all the way through the Bible. And Andrew's funny. Our analytics for this series were down, but I liked it the best. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. You know, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. I really enjoyed going through the Bible with you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But we took 10 episodes to walk through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, three things, beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. God creates, man sends. Christ redeems. Yeah. So what did you, how did that work out for you? Yeah, no, I think, uh, the first, the first half, you know, we were a little discouraged because we had some recording mix ups and things like that. And, uh, um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, um, breaking things down, like the story of Abraham, you know, I'd never, heard it told like that. I loved going through my favorite part of the Bible is the letters. Um, it followed up by, you know, the four Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I love, love those. So, I mean, just as a whole, I loved it. Um, 
how you broke it down, how we had conversations around it, how I had a better understanding of the Bible after. So, I mean, overall, it was a great, it was a great series. It was. <laughs> yes, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Good. So to sort of add a new thread yep. um, to our tapestry, let me briefly describe another amazing way that God's word holds together. Mm-hmm. And that's this idea that the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Um, I am convinced that a great many Christians don't believe that verse. Mm-hmm. That when you sin, you deserve to die. Yeah. That it would be just for God. If you were to lie, to just erase you, kill you, um, yep. we don't really get that. Yet, it is runs through the Bible, as some people say, like a scarlet thread. Let mm-hmm. me work through real quick. You may recall that in the garden, after Adam and Eve sin, mm-hmm. God covers them. By killing an animal and making furs for them. Yeah. So right away, what Adam and Eve see is that what has happened to them to heal it, to make it better, is going to require death. Mm -hmm. And it's either going to be you have to die or something else has to die. Mm -hmm. And they saw that even in the Garden of Eden right after they sent. Yeah. This gets even more clear, much more clear, um, in the sacrificial system that God gave through Moses. Yep. I don't think, man, sometimes when I read those texts, I just get overwhelmed. It's, a friend of mine said it's more like a slaughterhouse than a temple. Yeah. <laughs> the tabernacle, literally hundreds and sometimes thousands of animals kill, kill, death, 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 death. Yep. To just to deal with the ongoing sin Mm -hmm. of an entire nation. Just blood for sin, blood for sin, death for sin, death for sin, over and over and over and again. And then, of course, John the Baptist sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole earth. Yeah. The Lamb of God, the one who has to die. And... There's Christ on the cross dying for us. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazing verse in Revelation that to me is both sad and illuminating. Mm-hmm. It says that Christ looked like a lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. That tells me that forever Christ's death will be visible. Mm-hmm. The fact that he had to die and shed his blood for us, we will see that when we see him mm-hmm. throughout eternity, mm-hmm. that the wages of sin is death. And I ask you two things. One, there's no way that people would come up with that. Yeah. They, they'd think of ways to get around sin. Yep. Whether maybe that we could make God happy by, you know, giving him a cup of coffee or walking up a mountain. Yeah. And that's what that's what we would do. Yeah. Um nor would we see that complexity in writing. Yeah. 
where from beginning, even from creation to eternity, this idea of blood for sin mm-hmm. runs through like a scarlet thread. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> Love that teaching. Yeah, that's that was a that was a five minute sermon right there. <laughs> the scarlet thread, baby, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Good. Love that. All right, Andrew, we got one more. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here we got to talk about uh, discipleship a little bit. Yeah. Becoming a Christian and moving through phases of discipleship that were growth, mm-hmm. primarily through physical devotion. Mm-hmm. Failure cycles, yep. which are caused by the demand of perfection and facing our imperfection. Yep. And then finally, being, which is to just realize that we're children of God and live in the light and love of that throughout your day, every day. Yep. Um, it's just who we are. Yeah. Anything about that? that yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that was my uh, favorite series, partially because I came up with the idea. You what? <laughs> came up with the idea, suggested that we do a series on that. <laughs> I'm confused. You what? Like suggested that series that that oh. that's how he would finish the season, but uh, no, I I love um, you know one thing that's really helped me in my life is just tangible um, like hey this is these are some suggested way of livings or the, this is some business advice this is something so I love going through series that. Um, that's how I learn best is from other people. Um, kind of like this is here's some tips and tricks. And I thought that series was great to just break down. Um, um, the other, the fourth one was becoming, um, like how to become a Christian, then kind of how to live. Because I think sometimes as Christians, we really struggle like, all right, now we're Christians. Now what do we do? How do we live in? what are some tangible things like do other Christians struggle like I struggle? I just accepted Christ. Why are things taking a downward spiral? And it was just a great series of failures, a big part of Christianity and many aspects of life. So it was just, it was just great to kind of break down those four different stages of being a Christian. And, um, there was a lot of great content in there. Um, the best one was, or the one that stuck out most to me was the one where we talked about using your body, your whole body, um, as an offering to God. And that was just, that was a great, great, great um, takeaway from that series. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a helpful insight. Yeah, how about you? Well, you know, uh, I wonder in between Romans 6 and Romans 8. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was younger, I really I spent a lot of time in Romans 6 and really, really loved that. Yeah. And um, now in my life, more spiritually and just where I'm at physically, I spend a lot of time in Romans 8. Yeah. Um, which I do deeply enjoy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just enjoy God's companionship a great deal. Yeah, that's so awesome. So good. Now, I didn't talk about this while we were going through it, and I'm glad we had this chance to do this. Yeah. What you want to do 
is first learn how to identify where you're at. Mm -hmm. Like when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Romans six. Yep. I'm just glad that I'm a child of God. Romans eight. Yep. Whenever I read the Bible, I just get discouraged. Yeah. Romans seven. Yeah. Is identify first where you're at. Mm -hmm. Then, if you're in Romans six or Romans eight, maximize that phase. Mm -hmm. If you're in a pattern of your life where you're physically engaged and you have that energy, then by all means, pile it on. You know, memorize scripture. Get out and serve God with your body. Mm -hmm. You know, move, 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 and just run with it. Yeah. Um, just go with it. And, and enjoy that and practice and build up what you can use in your future. Yeah. Um, as according to how, who you are. Yeah. But just keep your body involved and keep working that phase as long as you can. Mm -hmm. Because Romans 6 is probably the most fun and exciting place to be. Yeah. Because, man, it's just a hobbit. A lot of things are happening. Yeah. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of growth. It's fun. Yep. When you're in Romans 8, embrace that. Really enjoy who you are. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes is Christianity is the journey to become who you really are. Mm -hmm. Is learn about God. Learn about who you are. And man, just like a tree planted by streams of water with deep roots. Mm -hmm. Just go. Dad? Hey, Dad. Dad? Okay, three, two. It's like the tree planted by streams of water. Just just dig your roots deep into who God is and who you are mm -hmm. and just enjoy that. Yeah. Christianity is the journey to be who you really are. Yep. Romans eight. Now, Romans seven. You want to get out of Romans seven as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. It's a bad place to be. Let me give you two ideas for how to do that. First, think about wisdom and not law. Mm -hmm. This is what I mean. Say you say, okay, I need to read my Bible every day for a month. And then you're going along and you miss a day. Law says you fail. You did, you're, you're not good enough. Yep. That's wrong. You're imperfect. Wisdom says, okay. You made some bad decisions yesterday. Your stuff happened that was out of your control. Yep. Don't sweat it. 
Yep. Make better decisions today. Yep. And let's move on. Yeah. So wisdom takes that edge of whenever you do anything wrong, yeah. anything imperfect. Yeah. You don't get, you know, slammed. Yeah. But more importantly, the second part of this is you just got to get your eyes off of you and back on Christ. Mm. Who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. I mean, he is always the ultimate answer. You just have to get your eyes back on him and his sacrifice for you, which is completely sufficient to save your sins and your imperfections. Yeah. So um, say you're not really good at self-awareness and you can't really identify which of those three seasons you're in. What are What are some tips and tricks to kind of be like, all right, if this is a identity marker, if you're in Romans seven, Romans eight, Romans six, what's what's one of those tangible ways you could kind of learn self awareness and figure it out? Kind of where you are. Great, that's a great question. Um, the first thing I would say is you need to practice a little solitude. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's three five minutes a day, mm -hmm. you got to start somewhere. Yep. And. What solitude does is it gets you away from the maddening crowd yep. and the TVs and the phones and other people telling you who you are. Yep. You have to get alone with God and let him tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. Get somewhere alone, get your Bible, and maybe even read Romans 6, 7, and 8. Mm -hmm. You don't have to read all three of those chapters. You could read just one. Yeah. And just ask God, where am I? Where am I? Yeah. And then ask yourself, do I feel physically engaged in my faith? Mm -hmm. Am I aware of what my feet are doing for God? My arms, my yeah. hands, my ears, my eyes. No, if you say no, you're not in Romans 6. Yeah. If you say, yeah, I got that, you are. Then you go to Romans 7, and you say, okay. When I hear what God wants, does it inspire me or depress me? Yeah. I mean, when a preacher says, you need to be holy as God is holy, do you go like, oh, man, that's never going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I'm not holy. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I just did this, 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 you know. Yeah. I can think of 30 reasons why that's not me. You're yeah. in Romans 7. Mm -hmm. And then if you read Romans 8 and you read this verse, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Do you go, yeah. I feel that, I understand that, right even now, yeah. as I am enjoying God's presence. And everybody's going to be different, Yeah. you know. For me, it's an odd thing, but I really feel God in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but when the air starts moving and I see trees moving and I see all these mysterious cycles and twists and all this stuff going on, yeah. it just... I just see God. I feel him yeah. you know, through that physical Romans 6 yeah. activity. Yeah. Does that help? No, that makes sense. And one other question. Is there, 
Is it possible to be in Romans 6 and 8 at the same time where you're being very physical, but you're also like, oh, I understand who I am? And th yeah. That's a great question. Boy, Andrew, that's an awesome question. And the answer is absolutely. As a matter of fact, you can be in all three yeah. to some degree at any time. Yep. But I do believe that that there is a there is a stage, there is a tendency. Sure. That's what you want to look for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is the main thrust of your of your discipleship at this time? Yeah. Because remember, one of the challenges we talked about was you have to be able to follow Christ for a whole life. Yeah. And I've been doing this now for over 30 years, about 35-ish now. And I still feel very interested and still enjoy the pursuit of God very much. Yeah. Because there are so many dimensions going on. Yeah. And at least, and I think for most people, you, know, you tend to just have one sort of major thrust, like, you know, right now I'm working on um, maybe learning the Bible. Yeah. Um, Romans Roman 6. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now I'm having a hard time, Romans 7. I just want to tell our listeners that there's a rabbit in my backyard. <laughs> there we the go. first rabbit I've seen in a long time. Nice. This beautiful jackrabbit, so that was kind of fun. Um and then if you're just enjoying a bad jackrabbit, <laughs> are yeah. here in Romans chapter 8, yeah. where you feel no pressure to do anything, you're completely comfortable being mm -hmm. who you are as a child of God. True. I like that. Thanks for breaking that down. <laughs> Good. So before we wrap things up, Andrew, is there anything else about this season you want to talk about? Um, no, I just really want to thank our very supportive listeners. We've um, we've heard from a lot of people, you know. Uh, some names that pop out to me are Jeff, uh, Harry, Jesse, um, April. Your sister has been great, April and Paul, um, David Baker, um Rick from my, yeah, we've, we've just had some great, great support and great listeners. And, um, we're just so thankful for you guys and, uh, keeping us going because we committed to a whole year of this and then we're going to kind of see where we're at at a year. If it's, we could still tangibly move forward and, uh, yeah, just very thankful for the listeners um, yes. who are supporting us. How about you? Else? No, I think you said that very well. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's move toward uh, where we go from here. Yeah. And uh, first of all, listeners, I want to thank you very much for listening to us. It means a lot to me. Um, we're going to make one change in season two that I want to explain to you very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to begin running one ad in our main episode, not in the small ones, mm -hmm. just in the main episode. Yep. And the ad is for Anchor, our um, podcast uh, software and support. Yep. Um, to just thank them and encourage you to try a podcast if you'd like. Now, we're doing this um, because we want to use that very small amount of ad revenue to do social media advertising. Yep. We feel like we've reached out to our friends about as much as we can. Yep. And if our podcast is going to go to the next level, 
we have to begin to reach out to a larger audience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're not getting rich off this. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Funny. But I do want you to realize that by listening to our ad, that you are helping the podcast. Yeah. So uh, just get through it. It's kind of fun. We did the best we could. But it is important that you know why, why we're doing that. Yeah. Also, we're going to activate listener support. Mm-hmm. Um, listener support means that if you would like to contribute, I think it's $0.99, cents, $4.99, $9.99 a month to our podcast. You can do that automatically through our public page on the Anchor site. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just going to go straight to social media advertising. Yeah. And the great thing about this is my wonderful son, Andrew, <laughs> does this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> and he's good at it. I've seen the fruit of what he does. Yeah. So it's going to be applied well and used well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, you know. Yeah. And real, just, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Just go let ahead. me finish and then you can yeah. do your thing. Um, just know that by listening to the ad, you're helping us. That's all I want to say. Yeah. And if you just want to listen that's fine. We're not hung up on the ad revenue. Go. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off that, you know, um, we, our goal is to spread the word of grace and truth, um, beyond, you know, friends and family and, uh, acquaintances. And we just kind of want to spread some light during a dark time in our world. And, uh, you know, the, the revenue will really help us go a long way um, from the ads. And so we're just, again, it's not for us to get rich or make money or take home the, take home the revenue. We're going to put it back into ads. So yeah, yeah, we're really, really excited to add that feature to our um, podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so give me a second. Yeah. Good. Remember, you want to talk about um, that you could also help us by sharing our posts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Go- I'm gonna. I have a few. Few little okay, things good. I'm gonna talk. About. Good. Yep. And so, as Dad said, I'm the social media guy, and uh, any posts or things like that, I'm putting out there for you guys. And I just want to give you three quick little tips that could really help us. So. Um, anytime we post something, whether it's a new series coming out or we just released a new episode or we had a great top moment of the week that really spoke to you, um, just share that. If it's on Instagram, share it to your story. Um, tag some of your friends in the post. If it's on Facebook, just share it to your profile. Um, it's just one small thing that goes a long way because now we're kind of tapping into your audience and people who potentially could come be new listeners um, to the podcast. And then um, just engaging with us. It helps us know that you like the content that we're putting out. Um, So if we're doing a quiz, 
just do the quiz and uh, comment below. Let us know um, how you did on the quiz. If it's a episode that you just listened to, go back to that post where we released it. Comment on it. It really helps us know, like, okay, this content is great, or, hey, maybe let's add something new um, to our podcast. So just engage with us. We love talking to you. We love the comments, um, and that's awesome. And then the last thing would be do a review for us, whether that's on Facebook or you just want to do a post about us on Instagram, doing a review of how you think the podcast is going. It it goes a long way and it kind of helps us tap into your audience as well. And, you know, it's it's kind of like um, you're helping us build the podcast by yourself and you're kind of a part of the Grace and Truth podcast. So um, we'd really appreciate that. Um, and the last little bonus one is if you like episode, share it with someone that one of your friends, hey, this really spoke to me. Um, maybe you want to check it out. Just like when you hear a good sermon at church or you hear a really good business podcast or you see a YouTube video, you share it with a friend and say, hey, check this out. Um, it, it goes a long way. And um, we're really trying to spread the word of grace and truth um, to as many people as we can and you could help us um, in that process so we really appreciate the support we're getting now but we'd love to kind of see it taken to the next level yeah I think that's it Andrew do you have anything else on your mind today yeah so season two is dropping next Tuesday um, all of our podcasts drop at eight o'clock we're doing we're tackling a big subject here, creation. Um, we just recorded it um, not too long ago, and it was we had a great time doing it, and we're really looking forward to it. So season two coming soon. Father and Son, Grace and Truth podcast, signing out. Thank you so much for a great season one. Bye.